Manuj Agarwal transcended his humble beginnings as a factory worker earning $2 a day to now being a world-renowned technology consultant, thought leader and business mentor. In this episode, you will hear the story of Manuj going from earning $2 a day to becoming a technology and AI expert. You will gain insights into achieving extraordinary results through the power of the mind and explore the importance of relationships and personal growth for success. The journey started in India, you know, as a, um, in India, I grew up in a very small town and um, it was a rough uh, childhood. So uh, I started working around 15. Um, that's my, that's when my career started. And my first job was to work in a factory. And that's where I was making $2 a day. I was working six days a week and 12 hours a day. And uh, that was, that was going to be my life uh, for the rest of my life. But then I thought to myself, you know, I want to change something. I want to uh, be better at, uh, at this life situation. I want to have a better life. And I didn't know what to what to do about it because obviously I had no uh, no way out. But then during one of the lunch hour sessions, I was flipping through some business magazines and I read the stories of these tycoons who made um, you know their business empires millions and millions of dollars. So that's uh, something that I think that was one inspiration that sort of changed my mindset that you know if these kind of people can do uh, amazing things then anybody should be able to do I should be able to do it and so I started looking for avenues to you know increase my value find more opportunities and at that time computers and internet were very new in India so in my small town there was like hardly anything so uh, in 1995 there was a, a new computer institute that opened up and then I enrolled in the next year, the, the first year I could not. Uh, the next year I enrolled and um, I just found my passion for technology. I, I, I just knew that is what I was going to do. And also, you know, the luck plays, uh, timing plays a lot um, in, your, in your life journey. So that timing was perfect because dot-com boom was just happening. And I came over to Canada during the dot-com boom, got a job quickly, but then I lost multiple jobs in quick succession as well because of dot-com bust then september 11th then gulf war so that forced me into starting my own consulting company rather than doing a job so when i was doing consulting uh companies and i got uh the opportunity to work with many startups many large corporations so that's when i you know um, we we delivered a project for Microsoft, which was a very large project. Then we delivered a project for Pearson Education, once again a Fortune 500 company, and that that project grew into hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. So that kind of impactful technology that we kept building and kept sort of pushing ourselves was the was the reason how I got to the boardrooms of Fortune 500 and. Now, like being, uh, you know, recognized at a global level uh, in the field of AI and technology. Yeah. And, you know, to make a move from India to Canada is no mean feat. So when you got to Canada, what was the situation like for you? Did you already have a job set up or did you kind of get there and have to figure it out while you were, you know, getting off the plane type thing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the good thing was that my ex-wife, um, we moved together. So uh, she was from here. So she had some um, some family here, but that that didn't really help us much. We had to get find our own jobs and figure things out on our own. Um, first of all, was a culture shock, right? Like, uh, you know, uh, even though I spoke okay English, like I was not like as fluent in the uh, the way that uh, North 
in people speak in North America, the mannerisms, the, the you know, the tone, the uh, the facial expressions, all of these things uh, you you have to learn when you move to a new environment. So I had to learn all of that, then try to understand what people uh, what people want uh, in terms of uh, you know the value that you can create and how you position yourself. How do you um, get buy-in from executives that you're working with? How do you make sure that you uh, you know um, get into projects which are using latest technologies like AI or blockchain or so all of these things were not related to the technical aspect of the work but it was like the more the soft skills the human side of the uh, the work that you really need to understand the environment in order to make progress right yeah i mean i'm sure you picked those skills up when you had your first job and second you know you said you went through a lot of jobs in quick succession but going from having that many jobs to going right okay that's clearly not working out i'm going to get into consulting how did you get your first client where did you find them and you know what was the process like there because for you like you said you had to learn all these soft skills but you know off the back of that to turn those soft skills into a profitable skill that's something that even you know native english speakers or native people that have grown up in you know english-speaking countries can't do yeah so talk me through that what was that like you know the the key is that uh first obviously you have to learn all these things but uh, but the the best thing you can do is observe others and and ask questions and you know ask like open-ended questions which are short but you can just say okay what are some of your challenges you know how how uh how do you lose your sleep what kind what kind of issues do you lose lose sleep on and then you ask, you know, 10 more people the same question. And then when you when you have talked to 20, 25 people, you start to see a pattern in in their language, in their, you know, in their expectations. And then you start to work backwards from there and say, okay, they they are stressed out, they are anxious about XYZ, right? Something like that. What can I do to help them that they will, you know, they will say yes to that. Plus, they will be willing to give um, uh, premium pricing for that. Because if I position myself as the only solution that they have in front of them, and and uh, I have the credibility, I have the track record to solve that problem, then even if the next uh, competitor is asking for $100, I can ask for $150 and continue to gain clients. So my theory, uh, my philosophy is always um, understanding other people, asking the questions, and then um, figuring out what skills I currently have that I can package right now, and what skills we don't have that we need to gain, and then we then it's all about packaging and making sure we you know deliver it to the client. Now, what I just said, it makes me sound smart and it sounds like I've figured it out, but it's always a continuous journey. Even today, when we get a new client, you know, we have to do this this whole process, like discover, like talk to them, discover their pain points, and then we send them a proposal. Sometimes that proposal doesn't really uh, meet their requirements or so it's a continuous process of learning about what people want, but uh, it's it's that's the way we got the first client and the second client and and so on. Yeah, I mean having that adaptability is a, is a key skill as an entrepreneur. But you know, at the moment, even in the working market, people are trying to adapt to current developments in technology. And your specialism is AI. Now I'm wondering, you know, 
when you got into AI, why you got into AI, and also kind of, you know, just your your view of the current state of AI. Because there's a lot of talk about it right now. You know, everybody's saying the word chat GPT. Mm. I'm sure everyone's tired of hearing it, but when you have an AI expert on, you have to ask them, you know, where it started for them and where they see it going. It just has to be done, you know? Well, I mean, so specifically for me, my first uh, AI-related project started in 2006. Um, So this was related to education, um, uh, personalized education to be in particular. So what what generally happens is when you go into a classroom, uh, let's say there are 30 students in the classroom, every student gets the same curriculum, even though some students may be more advanced in a particular topic, some students may be lagging. So these students may may not be uh, clubbed with the with the rest of the class right so we created an ai based solution where uh, each student gets their own personalized curriculum and they can learn on their own pace and so the reason why i got into ai is because first of all my criteria uh, to get into any kind of project is first of all it should have some impact on humanity like it may it should improve uh, our clients' lives or their clients' lives, meaning, you know, better healthcare, better education, better, uh, you know, logistics or be- whatever that is. Um, and then the second thing is we always try to look at the cutting edge technology because that helps us create a better solution for the client, but it also forces us to learn new technologies. It's like, um, you know, you're always want to be up to date, especially for engineers, uh, you know, new technologies are like new toys. You know, you 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 take a toy and then you you know break it apart, then you put it together, and there's a lot of fun in learning that. Uh, but even even uh, from business point of view, it's always good to stay ahead of the game and you know just continue to learn more and more. It's no different than you know doctors or lawyers; they have to continuously update their knowledge as well, right? It's the same thing in technology industry as well. Yeah. And what do you see kind of tools wise now that is going to be, you know, making changes? I think there's a lot of talk around, you know, what's it called? Natural language processing units or, oh God, it's LLMs. I don't know what it stands for. It's like something language models, you know, basically AI that's able to have a conversation with you. What do you see developing around this type of sector? Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, I skipped that question. Sorry. So I'll, I'll pick that up again. So, so, let me start by saying, you know, AI has been around for decades. Okay, so it has been around since 70s, and it has been, uh, you know, uh, various names have been used for defining what AI is: uh, data analytics or data science. Like now, now it's AI, deep learning. A lot of different uh, terminologies have been used. Uh, and what has happened is like AI and data are very, very powerful, and the and the evidence of that is, you know, if you look at any rich person, the richest people in in the world, like Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, all of these people, they got rich because they know how to use AI. They started using AI in their companies 20 years ago. And the result was now they are the richest people in the planet because, uh, because they knew how to use technology. Now, what happened was um, OpenAI, which is the company that released ChatGPT, uh, they came out with ChatGPT platform in November, and now everyday people can touch uh, AI, can play with AI, can understand what is the power of AI. So this is the turning point now because everybody get ac- gets access to AI now. Uh, earlier, only 
technical people or a handful of you know very very powerful rich people had access to these technologies now everybody can use it so what does that mean well ai is going to disrupt every industry every um every economy every country every job um so you can think of you know when the internet came along in 1990s uh, people didn't realize what what how big of a change was that going to be if uh, you know if if you're old enough to remember in 1990s if i went and asked somebody hey do you have an email address do you want an email address do you want a website they'll be like i got my phone landline you know i i don't need anything else right i i don't think i i have my white pages yellow pages i'm good but now uh, now you can see like just in 20 years you cannot in not even 20 like maybe in 5 years after the internet sort of uh, you know um, just exploded around even early 2000s you could not function without a website you could not function without um, an email address it's the same thing happening with ai where everything will be disrupted and people should start getting uh to understand this technology take baby steps to play with it uh you know just just see how it is going to impact your life start using it to brainstorm ideas start using it to ask some questions about your audience you can treat it as your employee and say okay you are my cfo now give me some advice on my financial um you know uh, my financial state and it'll ask you some questions uh now you can start to get a, a very experienced cfo talking to you you can treat it as a, your uh, marketing officer you can say you know i'm i'm producing this uh, podcast you know i want to reach more audience give me some ideas on how i can reach those audience then it will give you a plan then you can say okay give me step by step you know execution tactical execution what can i do it will give you all these things and you can start to use that information to actually make more progress right mm Yeah and and for you how are you using AI in your day-to-day life Yeah we are basically you know um uh, everywhere we are where we look at any repetitive task so let's say we are uh, sending some uh, communication to our clients if we do it two times uh, uh, or three times that's a good candidate for us to automate so then we start looking at it okay what will it take to automate this what will it take to implement AI how much will it cost will it save us time or money will it give a better experience to our client all those um all those uh, considerations once they are uh, you know they look okay then we implement ai and automate that that little process it's 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 a we don't advise and we don't do that ourselves to just say okay now we will do everything with ai it's like baby steps you take you know one small little process one small little step and then you uh convert that over then you move on to the next one and and so on okay so you kind of have like an eye for detail and you're good at seeing you know opportunities that are available and things that should be implemented into a business to make it function in a more streamlined way but you said to me kind of off air that you have four patents in the AI space yeah. i wonder if you can talk me through you know 1 2 3 and 4 of them yeah, in yeah. as much detail as you want and you know what made you think to get a patent in this thing and why you decided to pursue that yeah so the first one i already described where uh, you know the first patent was um, personalized learning which helped students to um, to uh, to get a personalized curriculum plan so the idea behind that is um, if you if you have uh, uh, you know if if that if the curriculum is personalized to you based on your learning level 
based on your experience based on your interest then learning becomes more pleasant and you retain more uh, information and so um, the second uh, uh, couple of two other patterns were in healthcare where a lot of people have joint pains because of the way their feet are constructed so what does that mean uh, that means like some people may have flat feet some people may have high arches so it's the anatomy of the feet and because of that um, some people say some people have to stand on their feet all day for their job let's say you know nurses or doctors or or you know similar professions and so in these cases then surgery and medication doesn't help so what we did was we created some ai algorithms which could take uh, photos of your feet through a mobile phone and then those photos through computer vision computer vision is a field of ai they convert that those photos into a 3d uh, 3d uh, model of your feet which is within 2 mm of accuracy and then that 3d model gets fed into a 3d printer and that 3d printer uh, prints uh, uh, an orthotic device which is custom fitted to your shoe and to your foot that orthotic device goes into your shoe and then helps with joint pain so that was like a very complicated system using ai computer vision 3d printing all of that so i have a couple of patents on that and then there's another one where um, a lot of uh, students in higher education they drop out of um, university programs in the first two years because they find that uh, the the program they enrolled in of, is of no interest to them or um, it is too difficult for them so we created ai algorithms which can match the students with the right course something that they will find interesting something they will find easy enough to complete and so that project uh, actually uh, got a special mentions from president obama and bill gates so yeah these are these are some of the inventions that we did now why why did we patent it like this is so my company is a consulting company we we basically bring our expertise and help people build these technologies bring them to life bring them to market in some cases our clients ask that they need help in patenting this because they are afraid that this is such a ground breaking technology somebody may copy it so we help them uh, you know with getting the patents done we have worked with patent attorneys we know the you know how patents work and all that so we help them patent it but personally i i we we don't pay for patents ourselves my company because um, uh because the technology moves so fast uh, the stuff that we build for our clients sometimes they get patented yeah and when you when you've got these patents i thought that the idea around getting a patent is that you're going to build a product or a business around it do you have products and businesses around these patents or is it something that you kind of just have there just in case no no they, these are actual product uh, products so the the first product um the personalized learning that was bought um that was uh, actually in the market and uh, i think a few hundred thousand students actually used it and then it was bought by a company called desire to learn in a multi million dollar deal i don't know the exact amount um the second product which is the custom orthotic that was a white labeled um by a 43 billion dollar company and they sold that product under their brand uh, you may be familiar with that brand called uh, dr shoals so they sell um they sell um, uh, orthotic devices and the parent company of dr shoals is called bear bear is a 
very large German company. So they white label that technology. And the third one that I told you about um, the um, the uh, system to help uh, students not drop out of their university courses, that was also bought by a company called Desire to Learn, and it actually is. Um, is a is a product that people can can actually use and subscribe to. Like if you're running a, a university um, or a college, you can actually deploy these products into your university. Yeah, and you've sold or exited three different patents, you know, but technically having businesses built on top of them. I wonder what that process was like. So, you know, you technically started so many different things there and a lot of people start things up and they fail. But for you, you know, you started them up and they succeeded. Yeah. What do you think kind of differentiated you from, you know, the normal person? Um, you know, one thing is like pragmatism and finding good people. You know, when you first thing is people, uh, everything is around people like there's nothing you can do all on your own. So whatever you want to do, you want to make sure that you have the right people. And how do you pick them? How do you uh, collaborate with them? How do you encourage them? How do you lead them? All of these things are a part of the soft skills, which I, again, this is a never ending process. You know, I, I if I if I think about um, how I used to be as a technology leader five years ago, I was terrible, right? Like, but at that time I used to think, oh, you know, I know everything. But today, as you grow older, you learn more things. You say, oh, you know, I don't know anything. So today it's the same thing. Like I can sit here and say, okay, I'm the expert in all this. But uh, as you do more and more stuff, uh, you know, get through more life, you learn that there is so much more to learn. But the general rules are basically find good people, uh, you know, use uh, pragmatic uh, solutions. So a lot of, especially in technology startups, people try to complicate things quite a bit. Like they want to be, they want to appear smart. They want to appear like, you know, like, um, like they are doing some really meaningful work, which is, which is all great, but they lose sight of what is the end result we are looking for. We're not looking for building a complex technology, but we are looking to build something simple that will solve somebody's problem. So if we stick to that goal, um, and then just take step by step, you know, um, experience comes in, you know, you need to know what you're doing and uh, you need to be able to take some risks. Um, but that, yeah, I mean, all of these are the uh, ingredients to achieve anything, whether that's podcasting, whether that's business, whether that's technology. And, uh, and you just need to like keep, keep doing it until you, until you get good at it. Yeah. So for you, is that the most surefire way to see success is perseverance, consistency, and just kind of learning at the same time? Exactly. Exactly. Consistency and perseverance are, think, I think, the most important after people, because let's say if you don't know anything about technology, but let's say you somehow you found yourself uh, in charge of building a technology project. If you consistently show up and consistently learn Yes, it may take a long time, but you will get there. But if you give up, if you don't do, you know, if, if you give up, you don't show up consistently, of course, you know, that's, that's not going to work. Yeah. And so for you, you've been an entrepreneur for, I'm assuming, well over, you know, a decade. So going forward for you, what does that look like? What are you kind of aiming towards what is your kind of overarching goal because most people may never reach the kind of heights you've reached but 
I know somebody like you is going to always be striving to do more or be better or reach something, you know, higher than they're already at. Yeah, yeah. Well, so one thing I'll say is like, this applies to everyone. Everyone can achieve big goals. You just have to remove the boundaries that you have, uh, that you that you put yourself or somebody else put uh, for you in your mind. Uh, and this is for everyone in the world. Uh, so to come back to my goal, yeah, I mean, going from $2 a day when my whole world was to just make sure I survive, that was the extent of my ambition to survive. And when I came to Canada, my, my whole ambition was, okay, you know, if I can get a, a decent job that I can just stay stay afloat and pay my bills but then as life showed me so much more is possible now my mission in life and some people may think it's crazy mission but my mission in life is to help 20 people win the nobel prize with the help of technology right. yeah and so far how far into that journey are you so i was invited to speak at the un about a year and a half ago and i was on the panel uh, next to a nobel prize winner so that was uh, uh, that was uh, very interesting, but since then I've met a couple of other Nobel Prize winners, and I've also um, met a couple of people who have done some impactful work, and they are good candidates for a Nobel Prize winners uh, uh, win. So I'm working with them at at an uh, exploration level. It's still a very very large mission, and the and the thing about large missions is you have no idea how you're gonna get there but it's like you know you, you just take one step at a time yeah I, i'm you were invited to speak at the un you were sat with these nobel prize winners what did they win them for and then what made you think oh i want to help 20 people do this exact same thing well i mean the the one that i'm uh, referring to he he's from bangladesh and he won the nobel peace prize for microfinancing his name is mohammed yunus and um, he started a movement in bangladesh to lend like micro loans which is like five dollars ten dollars you know fifteen dollars to people who are so poor that even five dollar loan can help change their life so so mm. the, so that's what his mission was um so my mission came to me in one of my meditations so i meditate every day and uh, and i also attend uh, you know some um, some more sort of intense meditation retreats so i was um, attending a meditation retreat in la los angeles in 2019 and this sort of um like sort of um how can i say it like a transmission or download or some sort of epiphany came to my mind that hey you know you can use technology to help people win nobel prizes and then i was like okay you know that's strange uh, but okay like i will i will try to dig deeper into it and then i got a i got a vision uh, i got a like a, a picture of um, a very famous picture of Einstein and 27 other scientists. I think um, this was before World War II or something along those lines, where 27 of the most prominent scientists in the world, and I think 20 of them had Nobel Prize prizes. So I, I saw that picture, and then that was sort of the inspiration that, oh, you know, look at these group of brilliant people how many more brilliant people are out there who may have had my kind of life where they they are not noticed they worked in a factory or whatever if i can help them how do you think the the world can change right so that's how it came to me 
Mm. And and so for you, you've come from, you know, where you said you're working in a factory to now you run a successful business. You know, you've had your exits, you've had a whole bunch of things. Life is going pretty well for you. How do you kind of see yourself being able to make someone else who could potentially be like you now, you know, get from that factory to where you're at now? What is your kind of vehicle for that? Because you said there's people out there that, you know, can change the world with the help of AI. I'm wondering what's your kind of thoughts around that? See, the very first thing is self-belief, right? Um, because most people, and including me, uh, I didn't believe in myself. So I, I used to think, oh, it's not even possible for me. I'm not even going to try. So the first step is self-belief. You can say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something impactful and I'm, I'm passionate about something that has the potential to change the world and help me win the Nobel Prize. So if you can look at yourself that way, that is the first step. Now, how do we do that? Again, by working with the human mind, working with the neuroscience of it. So a lot of us, we carry a lot of childhood trauma, a lot of shame, guilt, all these negative emotions we carry throughout our lives. But with AI uh, and other means of coaching and, and mentoring, you can really reverse that trend. You can start to make people see their own uh, potential. And so mm. once you make them believe their own potential, the next step is put them in an environment where they will interact with other people like themselves and even increase their potential. Because even let's say you have, let's say you take Einstein, for example. If Einstein was just working by himself all day uh, in his lab throughout his life, he will never be able to accomplish as much, right? It's only by interacting with other people of similar mindset, of similar experience, of similar knowledge, he was able to enhance his own knowledge and then bring his ideas to the world. So the sec second step is using AI to put these people in touch with other similar people and have them exchange ideas, have them collaborate, have them you know, sort of just support each other and that those are the two main ingredients that you can take a normal uh, human being with a lot of potential, hidden potential, and uncover that potential and unleash it. Yeah. And for you, how did you go from being, you know, in your head, having all these thoughts, you know, when you're always just kind of like battling against your own thoughts and, you know, limiting beliefs and self-doubt? How did you go from that place to kind of being the observer or the watcher of your thoughts and allowing things to, you know, pass through you and then, you know, taking hold of the things that are meant for you? Yeah. What kind of work did you do? Where did you get this kind of knowledge from? So this is all meditation. You know, one thing, I, so I, I, I used to be like, I, I uh, around 2010, 2011, I got into a real bad sort of personal situation and I became suicidal. I became depressed and um, then I found meditation because you know I had to figure something out I, I went to therapist I went to like a lot of a lot of different I tried to find a lot of solutions but meditation helped me to see what was going on inside my head and observe my thoughts as you said and so when I was able to do that for myself I started recommending it to other people but the normal answer I get um, from people is that I don't have time for meditation so then, uh, you know, as I was learning more about AI, I saw how AI can impact the mind and vice versa. Meaning like our mind gets expanded when we interact with AI and AI is, is basically using our mind, our language, our, our data to, to, to create these algorithms to refine itself. 
so then i started saying okay maybe maybe we can use ai to help people achieve meditation meditative state and again that was like a abstract thing but in order to make it more objective make it more tangible that people can understand i guess like you know that sort of became my mission to help 20 people win the nobel prize and the details are not as uh, as sexy or interesting to a lot of people but the vision is quite interesting right yeah i mean i think for a lot of people what they think meditation is is you know sitting still with your hands in a special position legs crossed and thinking about nothing and becoming enlightened and realistically there's many different ways to meditate or be mindful is a mm-hmm. phrase i prefer a lot more you know it's being able to just do one thing and be present exactly i feel like there's a lot of things that happen you know in our lives that like you said childhood traumas all these type of things where you either stuck in the past where you go oh gosh wish i never did that i wish this had gone differently da 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 or you're always looking to the future and going you know not in a positive way like you where you're saying oh, I want to help people win Nobel prizes but you're looking to the future and you go oh what if I don't do this what if I don't do that I want to do this but 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 it's like okay what's in your control now what can you do now to get you to the next day because that's that's all it is is very small steps lead to you know great heights as it were and I think for someone like you it's like you've you've been down you've been up and you know you're like right i'm only ever going to be on the up now because i have these skills that can help me to continue going forward i think a lot of people lack that ability to keep going forward when times get tough or when things might come along that set them back so i'm wondering for you th- there must have been times in the you know in this journey where you've been set back i'm wondering how did you kind of get back on track and you know keep going forward a very interesting question yeah i mean you know we all life is like a yo yo you know is people people only see uh, from the outside what um, they want to see you know they see somebody who's successful but they don't see the struggles that led them to that success so yes definitely like i'm going through a challenge right now i'm actually going through a divorce uh, it's been 3 years um, which has which is one of the most challenging time for me um, and uh, the way to get over something like that is first of all you have to have a strong mission or vision for your life like what is it why are you doing something what is it that you that you want to achieve but more importantly why are you doing that right so when you understand the why all these challenges become almost like a stepping stone towards that uh, goal because you start to find meaning and a lesson in everything that goes wrong everything that goes wrong is basically either you can treat it as a failure or you can treat it as an opportunity to grow and learn so when you when you take the latter part meaning you say okay you know i got divorced what could be the meaning in this the meaning could be hey i need more room to do what i'm here to do what what i'm about to do you know if i'm able to help even one person win the nobel prize that is life changing that is life changing for for not only me for the person who won the nobel prize but god knows how many millions are going to be affected by that right so that's a much higher calling for me uh, than than myself so that means even if i have to go through a painful period of divorce or being lonely or you know being you know just like getting separated from my family whatever it is and on the other hand if i am able to see a future where i can impact you know 10 million lives with with uh, with a nobel prize win for someone that that is that sounds like maybe a fair trade uh, you know and now i can 
uh, integrate that learning into my life and into my actions and i can continue you know uh, taking one step after the other right yeah i mean i'm glad you mentioned that whole idea of asking yourself why because a lot of people will kind of go oh why is it like this and they don't have an answer that you know they have that first rejection or you know kind of statement that brings them back to the same place and i think once you ask yourself why you know three four five six you know sometimes even ten times yeah. you get to the root of what the issue is and then you start asking yourself right how and then you again go to oh well that's not going to work why won't it work and you know it, it sounds like a frustrating process but it's something that when you get into a med meditative state or when you are in a mindful state this kind of thought process happens all the time yeah, yeah. and people go oh how are you not affected by that why aren't you affected by that so like, because i'm still mediating on the thoughts i'm still getting to what the resolution of this is and you know you mentioned that you're going through a divorce and you know a lot of people go through that type of stuff but each individual case is different so you might ask yourself oh why is this happening okay xyz okay and why did that happen okay da, 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 da. what can i do to make this better for myself and you're like i'm trying to do this thing over here i'm not ignoring this issue but when i have an answer to that i'll deal with it and i think that's definitely something that every entrepreneur needs to kind of be aware of is there's some things that are in your control there's other things that are out of your control the things that are in your control ask yourself why you're doing them what can you do to make them better and then go with the how but you know that's something that you can only really get through mentorship relationships your network and, and so i'm wondering for you manuj what is your kind of professional network like where do you kind of bounce your ideas around because it's it's great to be you know one person knowing all these things but you said you had that picture where you had you know 27 scientists on there and i'm sure they all shared ideas and made themselves better that way so i'm wondering what does that look like for you manuj yeah where do you yeah. find these people so another great question yeah i mean see the thing is that uh of what i realize again very late in my life actually around when i was 37 or so that relationships are the true wealth like you know your net worth is equivalent to your net work so so then i started building my network of some really really amazing people so now i talk to people who are at global stage in their fields like um they are fortune 500 executives olympic medal winners um there are some people who are um like really really successful eight figure nine figure entrepreneurs um professors at uh, large universities um some of the people that i know are like you know they 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 know like the who's who of the world and so um i mean some of them are who's who themselves like you know the names i cannot disclose but you will know uh, who these people are and the insight you get with um, uh, conversing them with them in 5 minutes is like getting getting like a phd in that subject uh, spending like 2 years 3 years uh diving deep into that so the more the more the higher you go the the more high quality people you look for and you you know and you are able to attract as well so my 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 uh, advice to people is like start focusing as much as you can on finding those kind of people like you know people who are up, uplift you or people who you look up uh, to uh, people who have already achieved what you're looking to achieve and then those are the people who can show you how to get there quicker Mm. And I'm wondering what your view is on things like masterminds. Quite a few of my guests have mentioned that they're part of masterminds or they do a mastermind. You know, I'm wondering if that's something that you're into as well, or if it's something that you've kind of not 
explored yet no no absolutely i am a, i'm part of multiple masterminds and i think the the concept of mastermind is deep rooted in our evolution basically human beings are social animals right we we survived um and thrived in this on this planet because we are, we know how to stay in social groups and protect each other so the concept of mastermind is basically you know a group of people come together and they they are there to genuinely help you they are not they have no agenda they don't want to sell you anything you know they're generally just here to listen to you and provide their help in solving your problem so when you sit in a group of 10 people or 8 people or 30 people for whatever that is everybody is trying to help you and then when their turn comes in you are trying to genuinely help them so that kind of experience is invaluable because now you are getting advice and help from you know people from different backgrounds different businesses different you know different networks of their own so so that's the that's the benefit of joining a mastermind yeah and obviously you're as well you're building your network which is you know again invaluable so i'm wondering for you where do you find your masterminds how do you come across these types of things because you know most of them are limited you know if you find a mastermind it's like we've got 10,000 people in it that might not be of value to you what you want is the one with you know five ten people in it that are at the same level as you or maybe a bit above you or people that you can help bring up you know that type of thing so i'm wondering where do you find these things for someone like yourself see um what happens is generally as you cross into uh, into these kind of communities uh, you find your way automatically it's like life has a way to you know automatically put you in these situations where you come across oh okay this mastermind looks uh, cool to me let me ask about that but then sometimes you find out that oh uh, you know they have too many people or this is not related to my field or too expensive or whatever it is and then you can say okay you know maybe this is not for me and so life work itself out but what i say to people is if you have the desire to do something just put it out there and and uh, and don't just put it out there just take a little bit of a, a small action just google how to join a mastermind you know list list of masterminds in my city or something like that um and then when you start to take action you will see solutions start to show up in your in your life yeah i'm glad that you mentioned that because it's like a lot of people kind of think oh yeah okay i'm going to do this i'm going to do that and i'm going to do you know it this way and realistically sometimes it's so simple as just googling and going okay that's not for me that is for me as well you know a lot of people tend to keep their thoughts in their head and your thoughts are useless in your head if you share them people kind of point you in the right direction and you know the wider your network is the more people are going to try link you up together and obviously not every single time that happens it works out but you know if you take a hundred shots, you only need one to go in. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. That's, that's the best exactly. way forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for you, Manuj, your kind of overarching goal is helping people win the Nobel prize. You want to help 20 people do this. You want to impact people with AI and all that kind of stuff. So with that mission in mind, what is the, the day to day part of that? How do you kind of take those steps to go forward see the 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 overarching goal is uh, more of a more of a philanthropic goal uh, it's not going to happen on its own i need a lot of resources we need a lot of people we need a lot of money for that and so that is fueled by a profit uh, you know profit generating entity so the way that we generate profit is to build technologies 
which can be applied in the business context. So as I shared with you, my patents and things like that, it's all uh, it's all building technology towards that goal of helping Nobel Prize winners. But at the same time, right now, it is about solving real business problems and and generating revenue and building wealth because of that. Especially right now when a lot of people are confused about what AI is, how they will use it, what it means for their industry, all of that stuff, right? So we are helping companies and businesses and business owners understand AI and, and optimize their business. Out of these uh, daily activities, let's say we are talking to a client, they say, oh, you know what? Like we uh, we are in this uh, this business of um, I don't know like um, planting trees or making uh, our city green you know and we want to raise more money we want to get more people involved okay that's a problem statement now if we work with that client what kind of uh, technologies we can use uh, which are existing technology or what kind of technology we can uh, we can uh, invent to help them. Now, once that concept is, is ready, then, uh, then we can say, oh, maybe this technology can be used in, you know, in helping a person who's, hel uh, who's working in the sustainability uh, industry and they have a potential to win a Nobel Prize. So let's see how we can reuse this technology to help them. So it's more about, you know, figuring out how you can provide value that can be exchanged uh, with the business right now and then thinking about what can you do with that existing technology to help further the bigger mission. Make sense? Yeah. 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 I mean, one thing that a lot of billionaires tend to do, you know, Bill Gates is doing it. I'm sure Jeff Bezos is doing it in some regard. Even Zuckerberg is doing it. They get into sustainability and philanthropy because they kind of go, OK, I, I'm winning at the money thing, but I'm not winning at the life thing. You know, Bill Gates is like, I want to cure malaria. I want malaria to go away. I think Zuckerberg's buying goats because it's, you know, the, the carbon offset is that they will mow your lawn and, you know, using a lawnmower uses up fossil fuels, et cetera, et cetera. You know, not sure what Bezos is doing, but I'm sure he's got something going on there. And so I, I'm wondering, what, what is it that makes people that once they get rich, they want to kind of do philanthropy? What, what is that? I, do you have any idea? Well, you know, the obviously I'm not, not uh, uh, rich uh, to, them, to that level. But the thing is that, once you cross a certain a certain income level, uh, it doesn't really add to any life life um, experience. Like you can only eat so much, you can only wear, you know, so many clothes. Like even if they are made of gold, you can't like you know load yourself with clothing or whatever whatever extremities that you can think of in terms of uh, luxury. There is a limit to what you can spend on your own person, right? So. Uh, beyond that, you start to think, okay, what what is the legacy that I'm going to leave behind? Okay, people look at me today and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, th this person is lucky person, very rich, very famous, very uh, successful. But once I'm gone, how are they going to remember me? You know, um, and that is, I think, a very, very deep-seated uh, motivation in all human beings that we want to be remembered as good human beings and somebody who made an impact and things like that. So even... Um, even if you're not rich, you can see that behavior in everyone. Like as people get old, they, they get more, um, you know, uh, they get more uh, generous. They get more empathetic. They are more open to sharing their knowledge, their wisdom, their wealth with other people. 
um so that that's the phenomena that is common in uh, all human beings i believe yeah and you know over time people want to live a happier more kind of prosperous life so i'm wondering for you manuj what is it about what you do that brings you the most joy well i mean as i said like uh, you know impacting people's lives with technology so once again like i've already uh, you know in my estimate the, the the work that myself and my company has done it has impacted over 10 million lives so 10 million lives meaning you know many of them got better education many of them got better healthcare many of them uh, were able to make more money in their in their business in their profession so that's that's a, that's a, uh, you know that's a that is something to be proud of in my opinion that i i i really hold it dear that i'm able to make that change in somebody's life right um and then now the thing is i have reached this point in my career and i have you know uh, hopefully a few more decades to go then i extrapolated and say okay when i was like, making 2 dollars a day and i dreamt of just making enough to pay my bills uh I, if I just uh, I comp if I just worked on that dream and I I'm here now I impacted 10 million lives and now my goal is to help 20 Nobel Prize winners. God knows in next 22 decades where you know where will that lead me? So that excitement, that not knowing as well, like you know where that can lead you is is a is a good uh, uh, driver for for people like it's a good driver for me to to be curious about where this will lead lead us where can the people find you online yeah so you can go to uh, manuj.ca my my first name.ca to connect with me or you can find me on linkedin manuj agarwal or you can go to my website same thing manujagarwal.com thank you for listening to people explained New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.